All right, so I, <laughs> I still have not read the entire part of this section. Uh, I totally missed group A because I was out of it. And then group B kind of got like this weird um, uh, part of me because <laughs> I was still kind of drugged up and stuff. But um, I have read some of it. So I'm going to lean on, on y'all for, for a lot of these sections. But uh, just kind of diving into the being born again on page 281 to kind of start off with. But um, so what is what, what note was it? Sorry, what footnote? Oh, I yes. wasn't sure. Um, footnote is wow, every time you ask that, it's like, where are the footnotes on this page? Does anybody see any footnotes anywhere close? Um, okay, so it's after 29. Yeah, there's a footnote 30 in the middle of page 280. Okay, so it's right after footnote 30 then. Um, and it's uh, being born again is the section. So what would you guys define as being born again? And how does it relate to like the, the baptism of fire? And um, one question that, that was posed in our uh, in-person group here was, is baptism required in order to be born again? Because we, we hear many different denominations talk about the, the born again and all of that. So just like, what are your thoughts? What have you been studying and, and your thought process behind this whole concept of, of being born again. Have you guys had it happen to you? And um, what, what have you experienced with, with others as well? I like to kind of do the shotgun approach, don't I? <laughs> I ask like 50,000 questions and please answer. I haven't, but I've read some experience of where other people have um, in a couple books where people have. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole book, I think, one called Putting on Christ, where he talks about how to receive it because he had received it. And then there's also a book called by Jorgensen. I can't remember which one he has to either something about the last days living. I can't remember. I haven't looked at him for a long time. And he talks about a bishop that gets um, that's put in and called to be a bishop. And he just has this transforming experience that came with the mantle of being bishop he just saw people with new eyes and just loved them and he said he was driving down the street and he just wanted to knock on everybody's door and just hug them and tell them that he just loved them and I thought it's kind of that you just get a new heart I think and you just love humanity all of it regardless of whether they're good or bad you see them the way God sees them mm -hmm. and I think it's got to be an amazing experience and I think you get that. I think the baptism of fire is the same thing because I think the spirit comes into you and changes your heart and you have that, that experience, but I don't know. And it says in the scripture, something about the Nephites had it and they knew it not. So maybe you can experience it and not know it. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, Some people say really it's progressive and other people say it's an experience. So I don't know if it's progressive and it gets to, and experience lots of people have 
said they've had it. It's an experience that you don't forget. Mm-hmm. But I think somewhere in that book, it said you can lose it too. Um, you might- can have it, but then if you cannot live righteously and then you can lose it again. Well, if you look in Mosiah, this is Neil, sorry, just driving and mm-hmm. trying to keep Mosiah, you know, it asks, um, have, you, have you experienced this mighty change in your heart? And the later he asks, do you feel so now? So it's possible to have it and have it go away and have to get it back. In my own case, uh, when I came home from my mission, I was on the most incredible high you know, I wasn't perfect and I had to learn a lot as I went along, but when I finished, I was, you know, I was on top of the world and I felt that redeeming love that I had been accepted, that the work I had done was, I felt that way. And, you know, it, it, and then life happens and you get beat up a little bit and it fades. And, you know, so I, I think it's something that can happen and, and we have to work to retain it or to regain it maybe as Mosiah King Benjamin said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Sarah is raising her hand. I, yeah. Um, so normally I would have been not given any, any um, experience, but this last um, week, this last month, I actually had an experience that was really, really incredible. Um, I've been, really trying to work on um this change I, you know I think I talked to you all about it in the very beginning of the year about going to the Lord and asking for words that are meaningful for me for this year and um I, I distinctly I wrote down like the words that came to me were change and for, um learning and um I don't have them right here with me but um and I'm on the spot but they were they were pretty um, interesting given the fact that this last week on, on Friday, I felt really strongly I needed to go and, and uh, do initiatories at the temple. And um, there were a few things I actually had to, I was originally scheduled for Wednesday and I had to reschedule because I ended up getting sick, but um, almost ended up canceling my point being that you know when when there's supposed to be something that is meaningful to you there will be ways things that will and I feel like that anytime we go to the temple but so um I kind of had this mindset that something was waiting for me there and um as I sat and listened to the words and really um oh the other word was belief and um, that I needed to work on my belief and that that was something that um, was really important for me. And then we read the, the chapter about unbelief and then a belief. And so there's just a lot of different things that connected this experience. And I, and I love that Heavenly Father works in that way. He will, he'll pull everything ready and get it all ready for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, after this experience, um, I, I am a really emotional person, whether it's like I'm an emotionally charged because somebody did something or a kid you know made a mistake or they're coming at me angry or the spirit is really strong and so I'm crying because the spirit's so strong and can't control you know I just really have a hard time controlling my emotions whether it's anger or happiness or sadness or um and I left the temple 
really feeling changed. Something, something changed within me. Um, the words just really penetrated me and, and this new mindset of belief and, um, these words that Heavenly Father gave me in the beginning of the year. And then I came home, um, you know, nothing really, I, I can't tell you that there was a, a huge change or shift in me, but there was a shift in me. And I could just feel like my energy was just way more, well, I don't even say way, but a, a good amount down, like calmer. And like my son, my oldest, he can really, he, he, he like, he and I feed off of each other. And so he was getting really worked up for something. Um, and I was so calm and I was almost like power beyond my own. And it was so incredible. And I, I even said to him, I said, down, I don't know if you've noticed, but the last day I've been a little different and, you know, I'm not here to attack you. I'm actually here to just talk to you and that experience. And then I had to give a, ta- a lesson in Sunday school. And normally I would get really emotional and start crying. And I was able to hold my emotions then. And then, um, I just, I really did feel a shift. I felt like I would, I mean, I, I wouldn't go so far to say I was born again, but I definitely feel I had a change of, like there was a shift in who I am. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to the book this evening, it talks about little by little, like it's, we're being chipped away. And as we continue to let the the spirit guide, like the Holy Ghost guide, guide and, and the spirit and the Holy Ghost and, and our will become like, we're all in one. I, I'm seeing what can happen. And I just, I don't know. I can't tell you how to do it other than I really do think that belief has everything to do with it. Like just having the, the desire and then the belief that it can happen to you. And um, I didn't think I was going to say anything tonight. I was like, oh, I'll just sit and listen. And here I am rambling on. But I, you asked that question in Cameron and I, I'm here to tell you all like the person that I just never thought would, I just kind of been doubtful in the sense that I will ever change, but I've decided to go ahead and have that belief in myself and in God and everything. And it works. It really does. That's the starting point, I think, mm-hmm. to see that. So hope yeah. that made sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think that that belief is, is one of those, those huge things is the unbelief, the veils of unbelief, and finally rending those to, to let that start working within us is so powerful. Thank you. Um, and then Leslie uh, typed in that book that Elle was quoting. I believe that's the name of the book, right? I Need the Every Hour by Blaine Jorgensen. Um, yeah, I haven't read that one. I need to put that one in my list as well. Yeah, that's the newest one. It's like a compilation of his other two books, or he's rewritten them. Okay. I don't know. I don't have the other ones handy, but it, I don't remember what they are. I'll type them in when I find them. Mm-hmm. Um, something about spiritually preparedness for the last days and something about preparedness for the last days. They were written probably in the 90s, maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, and that was a new, newer updated newer updated one, and it has a story in it, too. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that one up. Um, so I wanted to um, talk about um, something I highlighted in here in that born again. I think it's in that same section, 282. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the top of the page. Let me see footnote. Let me see. Footnotes around there, but just if there's some. some this is right where we were kind of just a yeah, little. Yeah, just like, yeah, just kind of on the, in the book, we're just turning the page. Yeah. But it, um, top paragraph, I feel like um, Sarah, as you were talking, I was thinking about the change that I've undergone the past year and a half since I, I would say I really started to understand what it means to hunger and thirst after righteousness and really, really started to just dive in um, with studying the gospel differently than any other time in my life and receiving personal revelation. And um, it says in here, we love more purely, we serve more selflessly, we endure with patience and peace and view our lives from an eternal perspective that previously was impossible. And I would say that that description, I'm really close to moving ever closer to that description of, uh, uh, in my life, I feel like things don't bother me. Like, sorry, like you were talking about things don't bother me. Like they used to bother me. Um, I used to be really worried at church about, um, the relation, like the friendships at church. And now I'm just like, I'm going cause I worship God and I will just share the love of God there and not worry about the clicks and the the drama that might be happening in the ward and all of those kind of things, mm -hmm. you know, I, that's just one little thing that comes to mind that I, so I don't know if, if I've been, I don't know how, I don't know if I've fully been born again, but I have definitely been changed through um, starting to understand the atonement of Christ more deeply building a, a deeper relationship with Christ. And so I can say that that description right there, I highlighted because I feel like that is definitely, I'm closer to that than I ever have been. And part of it is Heavenly Father <laughs> receiving personal revelation, learning to hear him. Heavenly Father, when I started to just apply the steps that President Nelson Nelson talked about, about pouring your heart out, praying, and then writing down, you know, he gave those steps. Um, and so I really applied that. And Heavenly Father told me over almost, almost every day for a while, um, things about myself and he really taught me who I am. And I think that is what made the biggest difference in how I feel about things today. And I feel like that might be part of that born again, like learning who you really are and how God sees you and how he wants you to go about your life. Um, and I'm constantly getting better and better at receiving that guidance. So I feel like that, I don't know, that's when I, read born again that's kind of how I see it I don't know if that's exactly right but <laughs> that's been my experience so far mm -hmm. yeah for sure I love it um the one of the paragraphs that really stood out to me um is it's on the next page from what Rossanna was reading so probably 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten or so paragraphs after that. I'm still trying to find a footnote. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's before okay. 31. <laughs> but um I'm on anyway. page 725. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one, the the paragraph starts out with anytime you meet someone. And so anyway, I, this one just really resonated with me and with all of our groups. And uh, like, I could just recognize uh, like what Roxanne was saying. She's like, you know, I, I've just, I'm closer to it than I've ever been before kind of a thing. But this paragraph really stood out to me. It says, anytime you meet someone who, whose face is filled with the light of righteousness, whose voice is softened and kind, who does not seek notice or applause, and who is uh, possessed of true caring and kindness, those people have been born again. In fact, most of the people you know in the church are like this. And I was like, do I really believe that? Do I believe that most in the church are like this? So it was kind of like this, this paradigm shift for me because I had always considered like born again, like this ultra <laughs> uh, baptism of fire level type thing, like way up there. But then it, it kind of really brought it home to me that like it talks about all throughout this uh, section here, that it's a process and not an event and that we can have it multiple times in different ways as it, like he said it's it's chipping away at us there's one little chip less and all of this um starts kind of distilling upon our souls but then i think that um that experience of actually realizing when you have been born again may not come for a while because um uh Sometimes, uh, let's see, where did it say that? In a blessed state, it's kind of like with pride. Oh, yeah, we are not told precisely why this is the case of, of why it kind of distills upon us and we don't realize it all uh, at once, but it seems to serve the purpose of quietly upgrading the soul without inflaming our pride. And, and so I was like, huh, this is so interesting because I... I believe that I, I have had that experience where all of a sudden everything just like came to a halt and, and retrospectively I could see this process of me laying down my weapons of rebellion, getting a softer voice and a calmer perspective about people and, and just really having a transformational thing. It happened over a few years, but that, that experience of, of the actual realization of it um, was, was transformative. And then you can kind of go from there and, and keep progressing and being born again in even higher and holier ways. But, um, I've always put it as like this, some, uh, distant sought after goal when it's been happening all along kind of thing. And that really gave me hope. And it gave me hope for, for everyone in, in these groups. Cause like me and my mom talk about it all the time. I, like we'll, we'll talk about each individual that we're, we're seeing and, and hearing from on our groups. And we're just like, Oh man, they do they know how far they're going and, 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 and what's happening in their lives? Like they're just testifying of these born again principles. And um, anyway, it, it's just been, such an interesting section to, to sit here and ponder tonight with, with you all and uh, throughout this week as we've been uh, kind of studying together. But, but yeah, I think we're, we're a lot closer than we think. Sometimes we just 
kind of debase ourselves for for some natural man reason, right? But um, I, I think the fact that that we're studying and and being humble and uh, letting the the world kind of move away and and that we can transcend and become more zion-like as we studied father abraham i mean that's what brought us together right was trying to come out of that and and be born again uh together as a group uh, yeah sarah um so i i wanted to say that like yesterday i i did um lash out at a kid because we just got a puppy and he was peeing on the ground when he was standing right there and the kid or the puppy the puppy yeah no the puppy had just but woken that's up from a nap. mad at the kid because he was peeing no on. i should have yeah no um no i was mad at the child because i said to him pick the pick the puppy up like take him outside it was right by the door and and <clears throat> and everything and um I never was called names as a child, but I'm the youngest. And so I certainly called names because I was spoiled and youngest child. And, you know, and so I asked him, I said, um, are you an idiot? And my husband, who was called names as a child and knows how, how hurtful that can be coming from a parent, um, kind of like he's real, my husband's super calm, like never really I mean, he never yells and never like gets after me, but he got after me and was like, you have got to stop. And I was just kind of taken back. And I was like, I didn't say he was an idiot. I said, are, are, are you an idiot? And, you know, I was kind of just taken back at how upset he was at me. And I, I, re I was re really reflective on that experience because I, I thought, oh man, here I am thinking I've changed and I've become this better person and I'm more calm and I'm not so, you know, emotional. And I, and I acted out in emotion in a way that was really disappointing to me because I, I really thought, oh, I'm, I'm like, good. Like, this is a new, I'm turning over a new leaf and um, here I totally mess up. And as I was reflective and thought, like, why did I do that? What, what happened to my change? Like, am I really changed or what, what's going on? And I started like reflecting, oh, this is, this is like Brandon felt personally attacked too, but also this was an opportunity for me to, cause I've been praying that I would know my weaknesses, you know, which we never, like, that's never a good, cause you, you start to see all of them come glaring out at you like so loud. And this was a weakness. And then today I got so upset at a lady and this is where it comes full circle. And I understood what was going on. Um, I was at the grocery store and I don't know if you guys know what an Aldi is, but it's kind of like a smaller grocery store that is cheaper and um, they hardly have anybody in line. Anyway, so I, I, no one was in the line. Well, there was a person that was checking out and I was like, oh, I have a couple of seconds to go look down the fun aisle. So I kind of glanced down there and I was like, oh, I don't need anything down there. And I went back. Well, this woman had put her stuff on the, on the, um, the belt. And I was like, and she was like going in front of me. Well, well, no, like I, I came back and then all of a sudden she comes back and, and starts going in front of me. And I was like, um, like I'm in line. And she's like, no, I was in line. I just had to go down the aisle. I put my stuff here. And I was like, no, I was here. Anyways, so I kind of got sassy and was like, um, whatever, fine. Just, you know, you go ahead and go. And, um, I was 
really irritated and I thought okay Sarah what's going on here you know you you changed but yet you're not changed what's what's happening and so if anything I feel like I'm more reflective whereas before I would just been like oh rude you know or Mm -hmm. kind of justified my action and I thought to myself oh I thought first of all what if I didn't see her stuff and it was really there but I was convinced that it wasn't Cause I really don't know. Like I, 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 I wasn't looking for her stuff. Right. And so it could have been there and I was willing to fight her <laughs> on who was right and who was wrong. And it's kind of what happened last night with my kid. Like I kept saying the, the dog peed on the rug, not just on the ground. So now we have to wash the rug. And he's like, no, he didn't. And so, and I thought, Oh, this is a, this is a, like an example of, okay, I need to change that. It doesn't matter who's right. Because if you look and and you um, look at the in First Corinthians thirteen, it talks about what charity is and what love is, and it does not, you know, it, it's not easily provoked. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's trying to show me my weaknesses, and the one is is that I will be right at any cost, right? And so <laughs> I'm writing that one down. You know, get get over being right or wrong because we really don't know if we were right or wrong because everyone's perspective is different. Yeah. Like my kid looked at the dog peeing before the dog started peeing on the rug. So to him, he didn't pee on the rug, but I saw it. You know what I mean? But what, like we got, so I got so heated. And so I, um, I guess irritated and let contention come in just to prove that I was, you know, right. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, so today I came to him and I said, Drew, I just, I want to apologize, but I also want to thank you for being willing to be in the, in a situation where I get to learn to be better and he kind of looked at me like you're crazy (laughs) but I I really did I was it was a great opportunity so even though I didn't change a hundred percent I am changing and I do see something I see things differently than I did before and and I count that as a win and so as you guys to start to see and you, you shift and I don't know um I can't remember who was talking and sharing their experience. But I don't know if you noticed that as well. Um, is it R- R- Rossanne? Um, but like, show yourself some grace too. Like I, yes, last night I was not showing. I was like, what's wrong with me? I really haven't changed. And then today, as I continued to reflect, I was like, oh, these are opportunities for me to see where I'm going wrong and how I, and what I can do. And now that I can rely more heavily on the Lord, I will I guess like okay you've changed me once change me again please change me and and let these things just not bother me anymore so Mm -hmm. yeah for sure uh Libby put in the chat that she so relates and she thinks that uh the fact that you're willing to to be so humble and and accountable is is excellent I, I totally agree because yeah like you said that uh it's this cycle of learning but uh it's what we do with that like of course we're gonna fall that's part of the thing right but being able to, to recognize and, and be willing and stuff is, is huge. So we'll go Becky and then Leslie. So I read a little ahead. I had my weeks mixed up, but as Sarah was talking um, under the Becoming Pure in Heart section, it's page 311, which I know is a little bit ahead, but it totally fits. Um, it talks about two aspects of purity and the second one is difficult to grasp. It's an unfettered soul or a heart that is unpolluted by lies and false ideas. 
And it talks about, you know, like a canvas being on the side of a road and how life leaves these smudges on us. And I had the same type experience this week where, you know, you were talking about how your husband's family, you know, name called and it really affected him and uh, how, you know, you were the younger one. And anyways, um, I had something come up with my children that I was exposed to growing up that I didn't think anything was wrong with. And um, I had been praying uh, midway in the page. It says these incorrect beliefs seem simple, but they are lies that originate from the evil one. And we can't approach the veil with lies in our heart. And I had been praying to see these lies. And I was so grateful that these were starting to pop up because how, how would I know? It's not like I was killing someone or something big, you know, it was just a little thing that now I can let the savior help wipe. And as these things keep popping up, we can have that born again experience again and again and again. So anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That totally ties in. It's a good thing you're right ahead. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, we'll, we'll go with Leslie. Okay. Um, it goes along with what Becky said, and um, it'll take a few minutes probably for me to um, share. Um, this is when I was reading on page 286, Becoming Perfect in Jesus Christ, and that would be Aletheia like footnote 31, I think. I don't know. Yeah, right around there. And um, We're just, our little group is having all sorts of revelations and um, ahas and, and growth here. This is so exciting. Um, so let's see, it was the first, so on page two, so 286 is halfway down, is becoming perfect in Christ. And then there's the whole next page. And then the following page on 288 is where I am, um, reading from and I wrote it down because I want I really wanted to share it so I'm not reading exactly from the book but a lot of the um sentences are in there um Christ said that if heavenly father gave him the power that him the power to do the works he did um that he would empower us to do even greater works um that he will distill into us the same power that heavenly father instilled into him and this book is not new to me i have read it before but i realized that i didn't totally believe that for me and so i was you know examining this whole belief thing that ross and and sarah were talking about and um and then um and I think it's in the third paragraph, it says, we have the same privilege in Christ as Christ had in his father. Christ will show us all things whatsoever we should do and then empower us to do them. That was, I didn't truly believe that in all things in my life. And so I didn't act enough in faith because I didn't believe. And then um, he's, John said, as, as we obey him, he will that Christ will provide what we lack. He will close the great chasm we cannot cross by cross 
by changing us so that we meet the standard of righteousness. And yes, I, I believed it all day long in my head, but here is where I have the problem because for as long as, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so um, then a couple of days ago, Becky shared with me because she was further ahead in the book than I was, um, what she just shared. And I thought, let me go to that. Um, that is page 311 where she was reading. And boy, Alethea, I'm sorry. It's under coming, becoming the pure in heart. And I see a, a footnote of 40. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. So um, it says, throughout life, much of what we are taught by the world is lies. I'm going to be repeating a little bit of what she said. We are taught that we're not popular because we're fat, skinny, tall, short, white, black, yellow, different. We're un or we're unlovable or we're a bad boy or that we have a bad, have a temper. And then it goes on and on. Well, I got stuck right at the, that part where it's, we are unlovable for as long as I can remember, I have not felt like I was lovable in my head. Yes, I knew that I was, but in my heart, I didn't, didn't really believe that I was um, for various reasons. And, you know, childhood can play a big part in that, even though we're adults, we don't necessarily grow out of those, uh, those lies. And especially, I think the younger that you are, that you receive those messages, I think that there can be tough to, um, change, to change your mind. I think it's, it can be hard to change your mind. And so, um, that just sat, I just sat with that for a while. And, and then I, um, I chose to, um, I asked Heavenly Father to help me to believe truth instead. And I've done that thousands of times. So that's nothing new, but um, for some reason, the Lord is just, um, he's, he's preparing the way because we are seeking this and, and my heart was, was willing and um, years ago, there was a psychiatrist or psychologist um, doing one of the BYU devotionals. It wasn't a Marriott Center one. It was more of a, I can't think what it was in one of the smaller venues. And she said, and I've, I've remembered it all these years, abused children believe that they are inherently bad and of no worth. And so we can come by it honestly that we... Um, don't feel like we are worth being loved. And so I, the lie that I believed was that I didn't, because I was unlovable, that I didn't deserve Christ's help or those, the things that he promises to all didn't apply to me. And that was a big fat lie, but I, part of me still believed it. And so um, as a result of that, I live, I lived my life um, with a somewhat of a closed off heart, trying to protect myself, uh, standing back in the shadows, just um, being disconnected from feelings and maybe other people and um, you name it. And so um, I was doing some um, 
I found a quote that I hadn't found for a while. It was by Elder Razvan. And so that part in the um, Becoming Perfect in Jesus Christ met up with, um, it's like a confluence with the thing that Becky talked about. And then this quote here, and I will, um, I'll read it. This is by Elder Rasband. It was a devotional, a BYU devotional in August 15th. 2015. Then he says, when you feel completely and perfectly loved, it is much easier to love others and to see them the way the Savior does. Please turn to our Savior in prayer and ask to receive his pure love, both for you, both for yourself and for others. He has promised that you will feel his love if you ask in faith. And so I decided to just start doing that. And Every time I was tempted to close my heart off or, you know, all those things, I um, would say that. I know in the Book of Mormon, it says to not pray to Christ, but I did more or less the, the Alma the Younger reaching out to him. And I bear testimony that that um, is transformative as I've done it in faith. And um He's promised that, and he, he delivered on his promise, and he has healed my heart and opened it wide. I've had my heart healed over the years gradually, but there is, um, I think we don't, we won't have the desire or need to respond um, the way that can be so natural for us to do, you know, take offense or whatever, because we don't have his love for others in our heart. And what a beautiful and easy solution that this is. And um, so I just, I just gave him all the lies. I, I don't want any more of those. And I'm looking for more. And um, I can't even express how I'm feeling, but I feel very different than I did um, two days ago. And, um, and now, and that has freed me to fully believe, I think it's fully believe that he will empower me to do what he wants me to do because he said he will and he keeps his promises. So, mm -hmm. me. thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's beautiful. What talk was that from, Leslie? Um, I didn't. Or is it in, in the? It's. It is called, and I never would have guessed that this was in this talk. It's called religious freedom and fairness for all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not even a conference. Is it a conference talk or is no, it a? It's a oh. BYU. August fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. Wow. Okay. Hopefully, I can find it. Let me see. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes the most transformative things are it, where you would least expect them. Kind of yeah. Them. yeah, yeah. Well, he was talking about the um, um, LGTB. The, uh, it, it was all in that um, when he was addressing that and how we should be loving and kind. And um, it was very, it was very cool. So anyway, so this is, this is pretty cool. This whole, yeah. this whole, I, lots of changes 
Yeah, it's fun to, to see everybody interacting with the text so much this week on, on this principle and really um, in this process of, of becoming and, and things. I mean, not that we don't do it every week, but I mean, just some really powerful testimonies like culminating from this journey that we, we've kind of taken together and, and our own individual ones. I love it. Um, so uh, just real quick, Elle in the, the chat, um, she just read this before book club and posted it to her page. It's about living brave and overcome uh, not being lovable and accepted. And so um, that whole thing, I'll put it in the, the show notes as we post this video, um, but, but very powerful uh, there just to kind well, of- You can go to my Facebook page, it's on there, but it just spoke mm -hmm. to me because I had, I had a confrontation with somebody the other day and it was just, it really bothered me. And I thought, okay, I think I need to read this book. It's been sitting on my table. It's been from the library. It's just a regular Christian book, but it's a how she learned. What's the subtitle on it? It's uh, lessons from her and lighting the way to hope. She was a young woman and she lost her husband. She went to the beach, had six children and a wave knocked him over and crushed his, um, his spinal cord in his neck and he died. So she was left with six children to take care of and was I think around 30 or under 30 and how she kind of learned to be brave and overcome that. And, and, and I just started it and I've had it sitting there forever, but I just felt compelled to read it because I was, I just had had a hard day yesterday. So I thought, okay, I need to read this as well as the, the Zion. I'm going to read that, that article that Leslie had, because I think that'll, that'll really help too. Mm -hmm. So that was a great quote from that. Yeah, for sure. All right. And then we'll go with Alethea. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm not quite sure what to say, what, how much I can say. Um, so, you know, you guys know about my sister, Sasha. Um, and she would always tell me, I feel angels around me, buoying me up and she'd specifically name them. Minnie's there and that's my mom's mom and um and I just was like that's so neat and she'd say uh our cousin um Edwin is there and I'm like oh, that's so neat and I think I just don't ever have angels like I don't feel that I don't know if you guys feel that or not but what I have been feeling lately um I would say for months is that there is a shift. Like there's something like, I just feel like I'm on the verge of power, um, understanding. I don't know what it is, like, because I don't know what's coming. So, um, the beginning of December, um, some information was revealed to me. One thing I always understood about the atonement was repentance and forgiveness and how the atonement makes a difference, like makes up the difference, right? I have never understood how the atonement could make all things right. 
And I'm like, there's just too much to make right in this world. Like it, there's no way. Um, so this, this things that were revealed to me, not by the Lord, by a person could have been devastating. But instead, what I felt in just a split second was the redemptive power of making all things right. Everything. Decades of hurt were just washed away. And I just want to bear testimony of that. If there's hurt or um, disappointments, Um, that I know that that can all be washed away because I felt that. And not only was it washed away, but it's become more beautiful. Like it's just something that I just, I, I don't even know how to explain it. But I wanted to really bear testimony of that. And as I've gone through this process, I've realized looking back, all of the heavenly help that I really did have, even though I didn't recognize it and I didn't think it was there, I can't name those angels like my sister can. But I look back and I'm like, wow. There was so much help from the other side and from the Savior to get me through the decades of pain and sadness and loneliness and heartache. And I just am so grateful for that. And so um, the other thing that's come to me is the amount. I'm like, wow, I am so wise. And I realize as words come out of my mouth, I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And I know it's not me, it's the Holy Ghost. And I'm just learning so much from those words that are put into my mouth as I have felt that, that power of the atonement and in helping another to heal the words are all given to me. And I, in that very moment, like my mouth opens and those words just come out. And I'm like, wow, that was really good. And I'm just so grateful to, um, to Heavenly Father and to the Savior for, for the atonement and for not leaving us alone, even when we feel like we are alone. Um, and I I kind of still feel like I'm right on that edge, but I feel like I'm about ready. Like, I just keep looking and going, wow, to have gone through that for as long as I did it, I am a rock. I didn't realize the power and the strength that I had mm -hmm. and I can do anything like, but it's not me. Right. Um, and so anyways, I just, I wanted to share that experience that I've been having in the um, power of the atonement and 
that gift that's given to us. I don't know if I've been born again. I guess I have with most members of the church. I've had some very powerful and sacred experiences that I don't know if I should share. I haven't seen the Savior, but some very powerful experiences. And I wonder where those are, mm-hmm. how those plan. But anyway, yeah, that's what it. I wanted to share. Just my testimony of, of the atonement and, and how it, it reaches all aspects of our life, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And also, Leslie, I wanted to tell you, thank you for sharing your experience because that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you said testimony, I was like, that's what this is. This has just been like a testimony meeting. It hasn't been like kind of our, our normal routine of book club. This is like a powerful <laughs> testimony sharing. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah guys for letting me share it mm-hmm. yeah all right it's like i heard a couple little things there was somebody else trying I just to... hear me uh-huh. no i plugged my computer in to charge and then it oh. i froze and everything got weird so i unplugged it but i'm still frozen sorry oh, gotcha. oh you're fine <laughs> and and i got kind of glitchy speaking but Anyway, it was probably just on my end. I don't know. Anyways, I just love you guys so much. And I'm just so grateful that we have a place to go to and to meet. And thank you, Cameron, for um, bringing us all together. For sure. It's my pleasure. I, <laughs> I've grown to love each and every one of you so much in, in all of your different uh, journeys and, and what we all contribute in, in this little mini Zion <laughs> here. It, it's so fun each week. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, for sure. I just, I've loved hearing all of these um, experiences, everyone's experience, and I can relate to to all of them in, in one way or another. I mean, we all have different, very personal experiences, but similar in ways too. And I just keep thinking about, I mean, my, my focus for this year has been grace to grace and I've shared about that before, but I, I just, I think it ties in so well, the story that he tells about the university yeah. um, on 291 and how, how our growth and um, life is, is like a university class where we, where we go to the class and we just, every day that we go, we get one little quiz and there's one question and he gives you the answer on the board and you copy the answer down and that's, that's it. That's all you get for that day. And if you try and, and live that and let that change your life, then you come back the next day and get another question, another quiz. And that happens day after day. And if you don't try and change and, and live that 
one truth that you got for that one day, then you don't get another one the next day or the next day until you are ready for it. And I think that really, it, it just um, tells the story of everything that we've been talking about today that, you know, we have these experiences that change us. And sometimes we don't learn everything that we need to learn. But, but our gracious and loving Heavenly Father will wait and patiently until we learn what we need to learn. And he doesn't, he's not judgmental. He's not angry with us. He just keeps giving us truth and waits for us to learn what we need to learn before we move on. And, you know, everything that has been said tonight with all of the, the, you know, worries that we're going backwards. I don't think we are. I think that, that there's just so many things to learn and, and it's just, it's the natural man that we're trying to overcome. And I think as we keep trying and as we keep um, learning, you know, these things and having these experiences that, that we will eventually overcome all those things. We just can't be hard on ourselves. We just have to keep trying and, and keep working at it. And, and Heavenly Father loves us. He loves us so much. Mm -hmm. And anyway, that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, is there any thing else <laughs> we basically only got like one maybe two sections of the uh tonight but is there anything else that you wanted to mention out of these sections before we we head out <clears throat> it's been uh, quite a journey I, i've loved every minute um so uh, next week we have the the final part so wherever that's at, uh, I forget, 305, I think, is where we ended up tonight, and uh, clear to the end of the book. So um, next week will be our last uh, uh, book club on it, and then the following Sunday is where we will have our author chat, as, as close as we can get it, uh, with Todd and, and Herrick. Uh, they'll be joining us on February 13th from 7 to 9, and so we won't have Wednesday group that week, um, it'll just be that that Sunday group, which will be recorded. Both of them agreed to, to record it for anybody who, who might miss it. But if you want to ask uh, Todd McLaughlin or, or Herrick Milstein any questions at all uh, about the book or in general, it's just a general open uh, question. What book is that? They authored? Um, um, so Todd McLaughlin has um, taken uh, John Pontius's Unblog My Soul um, and he's oh, the one that does yeah. the, the Facebook group of that under Terry's permission, uh, uh, John's okay. wife, right? And mm -hmm. then Herrick Mulestein is John Pontius's wife's nephew. And so he's been uh, working wow. on the projects of getting uh, the unpublished books uh, ready for publication and all of that. So he's pretty intimately involved in um, the whole publishing process behind all of John's works. And then Todd is just an amazing <laughs> guy that uh, gets all of these concepts and uh, is running the Facebook side, uh, carrying on John's legacy kind of a thing. So, so what date was that again on Sunday? Uh huh. So February 13th. So not this coming Sunday, but the one right after that. 
So we'll have one more final discussion on the, the last part of Triumph of Zion. And then that following Sunday will be and from sorry, 7 p.m. to 9 Okay, okay and that's Mountain Standard? Yeah, that's Mountain Standard time, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And, and it will be- Sorry to repeat that, I think. Seven, you said? Uh-huh, yeah, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard time. Darn. Okay, I have to watch it because that's our family come follow me. Yeah, darn it. It, it. It's hard taking all three, four groups and, and trying to mesh them together for an author chat. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, recorded. Also, uh, <laughs> my interview with, with Tony keeps getting delayed and stuff. He was sick. My, my shoulder was messed up. And so uh, hopefully this next Sunday, I'll get that recorded and you can, can watch that as well on on cosmism and uh, catastrophism and all that kind of stuff. So um, that'll be an interesting one coming up to you. Um, but yeah, any other questions, housekeeping, anything before we head out for the night? If not, we will see everyone next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.